Amen. Let's give God some, some praise on that. Man, what a word. That's one of, that's our leader. We got a leader in every nation, Steve Miro. We are so just excited about what uh, our every nation churches are doing from around the globe. And I just want to say good morning, everybody. You made it. You made it. Come on. It's, it's, it's cold outside. I'm from Virginia, okay? And I never thought that Texas would be so cold. All right? You guys, some of you guys, you know, came in here with your puff coats on. And, you know, it's, it's, you'll think it's, you know, not cold, but snowing outside. Come on. Come on, guys. But good morning, everybody. And if you are visiting with us for the very first time, my name is Edgar. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. So welcome. We're excited that you're here with us today. And we're going to start in Genesis 1. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. That's the beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, there was the word of God. Amen. And we are so excited because we just got finished with our, uh, our consecration, praying, and fasting. We, how many people did that this week, right? And um, yeah, come on now. And in that time, you know, God revealed a lot of things. He set some things apart. Um, we, you know, 6 a.m. prayer was on fire. How about that? Um, man, come on, come on. Um, I was told that, you know, we had a record number of people on prayer. Okay? We've been a church for, what, 10 years? And we had over, what, 30-some people online? Come on, close to 40. Amen? So I encourage people to get on a prayer call. We're still going strong Every Thursday at 6 a.m., make sure you do not miss that blessing, okay? And so we're finishing this week-long prayer, fasting, and consecration. And the thing about it is that, you know, it's, it's called Set Apart. We're starting um, to also start this series. We, you know, Pastor Ben started last week talking about Set Apart. And it's this whole idea in understanding the holiness of God, the holiness of God. You know, what does that look like? You know, we're studying the nature of who God is. And, and when we say that God is holy, what does that really mean? You know, what does it mean? That means that he is set apart, that he is not like anyone, that he's unlike anything that's ever been created. Amen? And that's what that means. You know, so we have to have, you know, that understanding. But also along this journey, we come to the understanding that our holiness is, is not built on our own holiness, our personal holiness. But rather than, you know, rather that our personal holiness is rooted and grounded in God's holiness, in his holiness. You know, it's not that, you know, we, we have something to obtain, but God makes us holy because he is holy. Amen. And so we understand that God is holy and one of the greatest preachers of our time, Billy Graham, once said this. He said, One, only when we understand the holiness of God will we understand the depth of our sin. So today, we're going to look at some things. We're going to look at how sin has affected our relationship with the holy God. Amen? Not only that, but we're also going to examine how sin Cause man to lose what can only be found in God, and that is holiness. And it is my prayer that once we come to the end of this message, that you not only understand how, how holiness was lost through our sin, but then we also come to the understanding of how our holiness was also gained through Christ Jesus. 
So Genesis, if you will stand with me, actually, can you stand with me for a minute? This is just a second, okay? It's not going to take long. But if you'll join me, we're going to read Genesis 1.26. Very familiar passage of scripture. Then it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on this earth. Let's pray today. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. God, we love you. And we just want to recognize how holy you are. God, you set us apart in creation. And for that, we are so thankful. Now, God, we ask right now that you will prepare our hearts for this word, that you will speak from on high. I decrease that you may increase, that you receive all the honor and glory that is due to your name. And we thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen. And amen. All right. Now we're ready, right? Now we're ready. We warmed up a little bit. It's cold outside, but we're warmed up. <laughs> All right. I just, I don't, maybe you've been through this before. I don't know, but have you ever, you know, bought something before that you intend on using but never used it? <laughs> All right. I mean, what do you do with something like that? What do you do? Do you kind of like, do you buy it and then like, uh, I don't know if I could use this. Do you send it back to the store? Or is it one of those things where, you know, you kind of like, you discover it later on and then all of a sudden, hey, it's like, you know what? You know, I'll, I'll find another day to use it, right? Or maybe you had one of these odd situations where you actually walked into someone's house and you discovered that the thing that you actually gave them, they never used it. <laughs> All right? You walk in only to discover, okay, are you still using that? Are you still using that? Whatever I gave you. And we go through this with our kids a lot of times, right? We just went through Christmas. And what it happens is, is that, you know, especially when it comes down to toys with our kids, right? When it comes down to toys with our kids, they open up, they, they tear all the wrapping paper off. And then what ends up happening, they play with it, and they're excited. That's the expectation, right? The expectation. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, time goes by. Time goes by. And then that toy is, like, not being used right now. And then all of a sudden, you go to that child number three, and they're like, hold on. And, you know, you say, hey, are you still using this? Are you still using what... what you know, I gave you, if, you, if you're not using it, by the way, we can give it to somebody else that might find some use for it or they'll have some fun. And they're like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't take it away. And then for the next 25 to 30 minutes, they're just the most excited person because all of a sudden they found this, this new and improved toy that was given to them about two months ago. <laughs> Thank God that he doesn't see us that way. Aren't you glad that God, you know, who doesn't, you know, he doesn't do us that way. He doesn't see us like that. Matter of fact, when, you know, God never put purpose into something that he never intends on using. I always say that to people, people who are wondering whether I'm going to be used by God or not. No, see, the thing is, is that God has already put purpose and destiny in your life already. That's the truth. And so when God made us, he made us fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what the Bible tells us. 
But the other thing is, when he created us, when he made us, he made us to have purpose and usefulness in mind. That's the truth. And so God designed us as human, as humanity, as, as mankind to be shared in holiness. We're supposed to be in holiness with them. We're designed to, to be set apart. And, and verse 26 tells us that he also gave us a particular role, that we're supposed to have dominion. And when we have this dominion, you know, it's not like the world dominion, the way the world sees it. It's rather, you know, we're not, we're not the, the dominion where we're kings of Texas. Come on now. But what it is is that it's the dominion in which we are stewards over his creation. And that's what sets us apart. See, the purpose in creation is really, is, is part of it is to reflect the very nature and the very character of God. When God breathed into us, when he breathed into us, we became a living soul. So we began to actually take on his attributes and his characteristics. We're the only creation in this world that's like that. The only creation. Genesis 1 and 31 says, and God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And so there's tons of things I can kind of get into that with in that short little verse. But the one thing I want to highlight for you is the fact that in that chapter, God is speaking and he's creating. He's speaking and he's creating. And every time that he speaks and every time that he creates, he said it was what? He was good. And so we get to this one time, this one specific time, where God, all of a sudden, he, he speaks and he creates. And not only does he say that it is good, but what he says is, it's very good. It's very good. And when he said that it was very good, all of a sudden, now we understand that we are set apart. That now that we are holy. See, here is where he makes humanity and reflects the very beauty and the complexity and holiness of God. That's what that part is all about. Mankind was set apart and he was different from all other creation. He wasn't like, you know, the lion. He wasn't like the bear. Lions and tigers and bears are mine. You weren't like that. And you know when it's like, you know when it's like, you know, it's like, you know, when you, you know, it's like when you are, you're, you were younger and you were in science class and you put forth all this effort and time and all of a sudden you have this science project and, and then you bring it forth and you present it to the class, you present it to the rest of the world. You have an art project, you present it to your mom and dad, you present it to your husband, you present it to your spouse. That's the way God did us. It's like he made us, and then all of a sudden, here world, here nature, here creation, this is, this is mankind. This is what I created. And God sees us like that. He sees us as his, as his beauty. He sees us as his workmanship. Romans 1.20 says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, 
so they are without excuse. And so what we can see here is that there is, perp- there is supposed to be some kind of shared holiness with God's creation. He made us. It says that, you know, for his invisible attributes. That's the way the writer starts out. And so now the question becomes, what happened? What happened? What happened from where everything was seen and it was obvious and it was visible to where all of a sudden it becomes invisible? All of a sudden, mankind can't can't see. And see, the whole earth displays not just his, you know, his his attributes and his character. And, you know, it doesn't just reveal his glory, so to speak. But it also reveals his holiness and who he is. Every part, everything that God created just informs us of that. And, and I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, think about it this way. There are billions and billions and pe- billions of people in our world today. Amen. Can we all agree to that? And out of all creation, out of the billions of people in this world, every single one of you carry a particular purpose, you carry a particular skill set, you, you have a, a particular anointing and gifting and purpose that God has given you. Not only that, but you are also identified differently. You have a different DNA strand, a different DNA code. As a matter of fact, if we all took you know, our fingerprint and we were to scan it, we all have di- different fingerprints, don't we? That's the power and the holiness that our God possesses. But there's also the holy relationship that we're also supposed to have. Now, we can go back into creation, right? And we can see that, you know, God gave humanity one boundary. And we know about boundaries, don't we? Especially if you're parents, you know about boundaries. And if you're, if you weren't, you know, if you're not a parent, then you once were was a teenager, and you understand boundaries. I was walking with my daughter yesterday, and and one of the things that we told her was like, look, you don't, you know, don't walk with your cell phone, don't walk with your eyes in your cell phone in the parking lot, you know, don't run out in the middle of the street, you know, make sure you come home before what. There you go. You got it. Before the lights come on. Amen. Some people don't know that. (laughs) Don't run around the house with scissors in your hand. Don't run around the house with knives in your hand. You might actually cut yourself. But there's danger in the parking lot. There's danger in running around like you're crazy with knives in your hand. There's danger in being in a parking lot and you have your eyes in your cell phone. There's danger. We don't want you to, you know, why why we do that? We want, well, we as parents, we want to protect you. We want to make sure that you benefit and, and, and have the joy of being on this side of the boundary. You notice dogs don't run to the the fence. I mean, they don't run to the middle of the yard. They always run where? To the boundary. <laughs> And now you know that, you know, how that is, you, you know, we have a reason for that. They go and the, the interesting thing about it is that, you know, even, you know, as, as kids, you know, as, as teenagers, we, 
They like to test the boundaries sometimes. They'll put their, you know, their hands on the stove and you told them not to and I'm going to do it anyway. I don't know if it's hot or not. You know? And this is kind of what happened to Adam and Eve. God told them. God told them in Genesis 2 and 17. He said, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. One boundary God set for Adam and Eve. And it's like we like to break those rules. We like to break those boundaries, don't we? It's like there's some type of freedom that we get from it. There's some type of freedom. There's some type of liberation. Man, when, when freedom comes, especially when it comes down to teenagers, when freedom comes, it's like I'm out. I remember, man, when I, when I finally graduated and I was off to go back, you know, go to college. I was like, man, you know what, mom and dad, you know, they're not going to be behind my back anymore. You know, I'm not going to have to obey by their rules. And this is what we do. So if you're a teenager in here, which I don't think we have youth ministry today, I, we, we know what's going on. We know what's up. This is, this, is, this is truth. The truth is, ignoring God's boundaries can lead to death. We see this, not in our own personal lives, but we see this in our families. We even see this biblically, what happens, and even today, with nations. We see death. And so let's turn now to Genesis 3. Genesis 3 and 1. Again, very familiar. But sometimes we can miss the details. We can miss the details. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say? Did God actually say? You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We've made, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall we touch it, lest you die. But, it's always a but somewhere, isn't it? But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. See, that's the way he sounds. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree, he was good for food. It was good for food. And that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And what did she do? She took of its fruit and ate. Now, let's stop for a second. This sounds kind of familiar. You have the opportunity to say, you know, what God says is not only true, but it's best for your life. Don't we? And the devil is going to tell you certain things. The interesting part about this, this, this the beginning of this chapter, it begins introducing the devil, but then it introduces the devil actually presenting Eve with the question. And so... He's going to say things to you today. And y'all know everybody, if you live long enough, you've heard some things like this. You know what? That's God's word. He, he's lying. 
you know, that whole tithing thing, he's not going to provide for you. Oh, he's not going to provide for you at all. He's lying. He just wants to keep you away from things. He just wants to keep you from having a good time. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. He, I, you know what? He doesn't want what's best for you. He doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to live holy. Go ahead and, and look at that page, by the way, because nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. Go ahead and do it. You know what? Do what makes you feel good, because guess what? It's going to make you feel better. And we continue in Genesis 3 and 6. Look at this. And, he's, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, made themselves loincloths, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, not freezing. And the man of his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. You know, going, growing up, man, I, I just remember <laughs> so many memories that's coming back. This is kind of like a reflective moment for me. And I remember every time I was doing something wrong, there was a time where I kept hearing my mom's steps. I heard her coming. You know, it's nothing like hearing your mom come when you're doing something wrong. Because every time you're doing it, you're going to stop what you're doing right there, aren't you? Because you know that when she comes in, she's coming to bring judgment. Not only is she going to come and bring judgment, but she's going to come and bring what they call the fear of God with her. Amen? If you had a mom that was one of those moms, whoa, buddy, that means you were raised right. All right? Don't let nobody tell you wrong. You were raised right. You know. Because you know that when they find out, it's not if they find out, it's when they find out. It's when they find out. And we see this parallel, don't we? We, we, we experience the same things even as adults right now. Somebody, you said something about someone. Hurry up, put that away. Put that away. Hold, let me, hey, you know what? I should say this about this person, but you know what? Let me, let me make sure that the door is closed first. Let me make sure that I look behind my shoulder because this person may see me talking about them. Humanity chose to rely on themselves and as a result, they lost holiness. They decided to take matters into their own hand all of a sudden. We don't know the reason why. Well, actually, we kind of do. I'm going to get to that in a second. But they took that decision into their own hands instead of trusting God. And instead of trusting God, God said, hey, you know, don't eat from that tree. This one, this, this tree that's in the middle, don't eat from this one. Just know that the knowledge of what's good and what's evil is it, going to come from me. I'm, I'm the one that's going to tell you what's good and evil or not. Okay? 
Don't, don't rely on your own understanding, right? That's what the Bible tells us. Don't rely on our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. And what ended up happening? You know, God is like, man, I just want you to trust me. The question is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Right now, you might be faced with a situation, and, and you have to make a decision. And, and it, it's going to be a decision of life and death. And God is telling you right now, choose life. Choose life. I don't want you to die. I want you to live. Do you trust me? And we all know the story. He said, you know, they, they didn't trust God. It was once a holy relationship, all of a sudden between a holy God and a holy creation, all of a sudden becomes severed. It's an unholy relationship. We lost it. I mean, can you imagine, you know, the relationship that, that took place? In, I mean, can you imagine just for a minute if it would have happened the other way around? Okay? Let's play the owl for a second. Okay, all right. So the devil comes, I mean, yeah, the, de the devil, the Satan, the serpent, he comes to Eve. And he's, he's, he's asked her a question. And then what if Eve's response would have been like, you know what? Um, I hear you, Satan, but I believe God. I, I believe what he's saying. You know what? God's been creating and he's been saying and, and everything he says all of a sudden just happens. It just happens. And so I'm going to trust God. I, I believe God. You know, matter of fact, Satan, I, I think you're a liar. You're a liar. And not only are, are you a liar, Satan, but you know what? That whole death thing, die, dying, I don't really know what that is. <laughs> I don't know where, you know, it, it doesn't sound right. It, it really doesn't sound pleasant. It sounds like a lot of loss. So instead of like, you know, you know what, I, you know, resist the devil and he will flee. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. There are some things that the devil is going to talk to you about. There are some things that the devil is going to, you know, put in front of you. And the Bible says the, the way that we resist him, because here's the deal. It's not, he's going to come. He's going to try. But the question is, what am I going to choose at that moment? The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. That's all you have to do. But for some odd reason, that's kind of hard for us, isn't it? And, they, and the thing about it is that Adam and Eve, they both experienced death. They both experienced death. They, they experienced the death of having that relationship to God, and they also experienced death among each other. There was once, they, 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 they hid from God, but then all of a sudden, it's like they begin to cover themselves. They covered themselves in shame. They covered themselves, you know, in insecurities all of a sudden. 
Now that they're wearing these, these loincloths, it's like, okay, you know, do I, you know, in this loincloth, do I need to lose weight? Do I need to change something about me now that I'm wearing this loincloth? They had this holy, open relationship with among, among each other. Various insecurities, y'all. And when holiness is confronted, I'm sorry, when unholiness is confronted by holiness, we will respond. We will respond. You know, God entered the room. He wanted to have a conversation with Adam and Eve. He wanted to have a conversation with them. We're unholy. And sometimes when we're confronted by holiness, or confronted by holiness, in our unholiness, we make things bigger than what they really are, don't we? We really do. This once holy relationship is now an unfamiliar relationship. And how are we supposed to, you know, all of a sudden interact and engage a holy God when we're unholy? Because God came. He says, and he begins to talk to Adam. He says, where are, where are you? Where are you? And you know what Adam's response was? Adam's like, well, I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Now, we bash Adam a lot, and what I do is I give Adam a little bit, maybe an ounce of credit, because he did tell the truth, didn't he? He told him, like, the reason why he was going through what he was going through and why he did what he did. But when you hear, I mean, when, when God hears this, his, his ears, his spiritual ears, I believe, kind of kind of like, what did you say? Like, something's not right. Why are you afraid? Why all of a sudden you're afraid? There's, there's, there's no reason for you to be afraid. There's no reason for you to be afraid if the relationship is still holy. And so something's not right. Something's, there's, there's no reason why you should, should hide. Something happened. Adam, you either, you either, someone either told you you were naked or you did something that I told you not to do. You, you must have ate from that tree that I told you not to eat from. Who told you you were naked? And we still do this today, don't we? And we see that, you know, we do the exact same thing, and, and to be honest, and if they, you know, if they wouldn't have done that, they, they, if they wouldn't have gone through that whole situation, if they wouldn't have eaten of that tree, then they will probably be in a, a much better place. They will be experiencing a lot of the better benefits on this side of the boundary. And it all starts making sense, doesn't it? It all starts making sense because all of a sudden now we're, you know, they're unholy. Holiness was lost. And thank God for the fall in terms of that it didn't end like that. Thank God that the fall didn't end 
with that particular narrative and that particular story because what ends up happening is that the, what was lost by man, the holiness that was lost by man, was all of a sudden gained through Christ Jesus. We didn't stay there. Genesis 3 and 21 says this, And the Lord made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. What I love about this particular verse, this, this is just so phenomenal. I love this verse. That instead of God, instead of God leaving them in their mess, leaving them in their insecurities, leaving them in their, in their fear, and leaving them in their shame, what God decides to do is cover them. He covered them. The Bible says that, you know, that he clothes them by making garments of skin. And what, what that means indirectly is that when God made that skin, that means he had to sacrifice an animal. Even deeper, not only did he have to sacrifice an animal, but what God did was he sacrificed something that was good of his creation for our good. That's what he did for us. In other words, he loves us so much that he gave and he sacrificed. And the Bible tells us when you go into Revelations later on, what we'll find out is that the sacrifice was actually made even before Genesis, before the foundation of the world. So what that tells me is that God already knew that's, that you were going to sin. He knew that there was a way that, that, that he, he already knew. It by, no, no sin actually surprises God. And so he made this sacrifice for us. And what's so significant about the moment that God had sacrificed this, this animal, sacrificed his creation, is that the blood that was shed to cover Adam and Eve, it is the, it is the redemptive plan. It's the foreshadowing of the redemptive plan that he plans to bring us back into fellowship and holiness with him through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what that meant. Even in our fallen state, when we try to hide from God and fear and shame and, and all this brokenness that was caused by sin, what sets God apart is that when we try even to cover ourselves, God still covers us. God still covers our shame. God still covers our fear. God still covers our brokenness. And now the holiness, which was once lost by man, is now gained through the blood of Christ. See, I thought you guys would be more excited than that. I don't think you really understand the power of the blood of Jesus. You don't, you don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. 
And now that we have this, this holiness that is through Christ Jesus, now we no longer have to hide. My holy relationship now is restored with Jesus. It's restored with God. You know, my purpose to glorify him is now all of a sudden restored. My dominion that I have over creation is now restored. Now all of a sudden, the confidence that I have that, that, that God is going to cover me, he's going to cover my, cover my sin is now all of a sudden restored back to me. Now you guys understand, like, what is this holiness all about? We are now been made. We've been restored. <coughs> we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, as we end the day, I just want to just close with this. Just close with this thought. Excuse me. What area in your life right now, as we begin this, this new year, what area in your life have you set apart where you need God to restore it? Where in your life? <coughs> Excuse me. Could it be the area of your finances? Could it be the area of your, of your family? Could it be the area in which you are believing for your loved one to be saved this year? And at this moment, I just need you to close your eyes for just a moment. And I need you to pray into that area. Pray for that person. Pray for that loved one. Pray that the holiness that God, the holiness of God that he is also given unto you, which you share. Begin to pray into that area. Maybe it's the area of healing that God has revealed to you. I want you to pray into that. Maybe you came into this theater and you're like, man, I set this, this, you know, I've been in consecration. I've been in praying. I've been, you know, I've been fasting. And God has revealed some areas that I need him to cover. I need some restoration. This is your moment to make that decision and say that, God, I need you to cover this. I need you. I need your presence in this, Lord. I don't know what else to do, but the one thing that I do know is that I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in your holiness. I'm going to trust that you have me at, as the apple of your eye and that, Lord, you are going to be there with me. As we pray today, let us pray for those things. Let us cover it. Let me pray for you as well. God, we are so in awe of you. Lord, we are so in awe of you. God, you are set apart. You are holy all by yourself. You are holy all by yourself. And Lord, when we are in your presence, God. God, we cannot help, Lord, but just submit everything to you, Jesus. God, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord. 
I pray, Lord, that God, whatever it is, Lord, that God, that they have set apart, Lord, anything that they are believing, I just stand in agreement with them today. That God, that you will cover it, Lord. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you, Lord, would just show yourself in their lives. Give them wisdom to make the right decision. Give them wisdom, Lord, to trust you no matter what the circumstance may look like. And we thank you, Lord, and declare not only that you're holy, but we declare, Lord, that, Lord, that you are in control of our situations. And we bless you. And we honor you. And we praise you today. In Jesus' name.